Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Ben. How are you doing today? Excellent, Adam. Excellent. Great. <laughs> for those listening to this uh, in the future, after we're recording, let's hope for some Phillies victories in the World Series. Yeah, and uh, timing of this, you know, this may be coming out right near election time. And uh, I'll, I'll share with you, you actually weren't in this meeting today. I was, I was asked by a potential client today, you know, so what's your background in? I'm sure you majored in this thing in college. I'm like, nope, political <laughs> science major. Found out what I didn't want to do. So yeah, uh, it yeah. feels right to be talking politics today. Yeah. If there's one thing that I've seen over the last couple of weeks, bring our area together, it is the Phillies. But one thing that does not bring people together is politics. <laughs> oh so man. That's Good. where we're going to, we're going to spend some time today. Um, and really the question for our purposes is do elections matter in in the scope of long-term investment planning or long-term financial retirement planning. Yeah, with the media in our face every day with the stuff ads, uh, we know many people are politically driven. The mm -hmm. reality is decades and decades of research tell us that election years have no statistical significance on market returns, none. So it's not Great. to minimize, <laughs> it's not to minimize how the elections are important. Right. People yeah. have certain issues, people's rights, the direction of the country, uh, strong feelings, they matter. But should you be making large bets? You, you really, you really, really shouldn't. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this in, in different, different iterations of, of the podcast, different conversations. Um, there are so many different variables that get factored in to the market's movements and volatility over time elections and politics and policy absolutely have an impact. They are one yeah. of those variables, but then they're just that. They are one of many, 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 many different variables. So to be able to isolate any of those, let alone call it an election or a midterm election year here as the sole variable to drive the markets or to feel like you're, you're singling out this is the right. variable I'm going to isolate and make a huge investment decision based off of that. We, cert we certainly wouldn't say that that's a prudent thing to do. Yeah. And let me be, I'm going to say this a different way and, and make it sound really optimistic. You know, as we're talking about, you know, Phillies Astros here and elections. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the good news, and maybe let's go into some of this con the, the historical context is mm -hmm. no matter how you're going to feel two weeks from now when these elections are over, whether you feel like you've won or lost, the good news is stocks are probably going to win, right? Right. Historically, let's go through it. Yeah. The market doesn't like uncertainty. Just getting yep. on the other side of something like this historically has been positive momentum. And in a year where we're really not feeling any positive momentum with stocks, with bonds, with anything, yeah. um, let's, let's look at this contentious time um, as a moment in time. And hopefully the other end of it's going to be uh, this, the start of the next bull market. Yeah, so some some of the research that I I did for this, a uh, couple di couple different places, but mid midterm election years in general are 
our poor performing investment years, just just in general. Um, and I, I mean, just just that there are those types of uh, data points historically that show, you know, of the four year presidential cycle that that this year is is typically the worst year for returns. Now, we're certainly experiencing that. Is that completely driven by politics at this point? Probably not. Um, no, not completely. I don't know if, yeah, there are a lot of other things going on. But the, the data does suggest that getting beyond, and in this case, November, right, the getting past the first three quarters of the year, having some certainty, no matter what that looks like, the end of the year typically is the is the best performing um, you know quarter of the midterm election year. So to your point, it doesn't even it may not even matter what the outcome of the election is. Maybe we end up with some sort of divided government, which we can get into why we think that may happen, or or I guess maybe why that's beneficial in the eyes of the market. Um, but historically speaking, that last quarter of the year. It really does turn the corner, historically speaking. Maybe this year will be different, but um, yeah, that last quarter of the year is typically a really strong performer. Just getting beyond the elections and getting beyond all of the political headlines and media and all of that um, in the eyes of the market, it's one less piece of uncertainty um, at that point. Yeah, and that's where your initial comment here on you know politics can attract headlines, but really, mm -hmm. what is it that the market's going to pay attention to? It's policy. The reason the market likes the certainty of how the structure is going to be and historically why it likes divided government is it's harder to change the rules of the game on, on the way that companies would then have to adapt to a new policy or a new environment. Um, and I think we've really seen over these last couple of years, COVID-19, especially, you know, having to change the way the economy was going to act, to tr oh, change yeah. the way that corporations were going to have to try to drive profits. We we have the ability to adapt quickly. Um, but no matter what happens in two weeks, nobody's out there projecting huge waves of change. And I think we saw that in 2016 and, and in 2020. You know, mm -hmm. I don't remember ever a more contentious presidential election in 2020 with everything that felt like it was at stake. Um, and I think there were a lot of people that could have got caught on either side of that going, I don't feel good about this or I don't feel good about this, so I don't want to invest. Yeah. And as yeah. soon as we got on the other side of that, essentially, I realized it was blue wave by title, mm -hmm. but it was like fit straight down the middle, essentially as close as it could get, yeah. um, you know, in the Senate and the House of Representatives that the market really digested that as, okay, it's going to be very hard for huge policy change to happen. So yeah. how did the market react? Very positively, because it felt yeah. like, okay, playing in the sandbox right now, this next two years or four year sandbox. Yeah. Market knows the rules. Companies are going to move forward and try to be profitable. And that was really rewarded up until the beginning of this year. Yeah. And and I'm glad you made that point because I'm, I'm go going back to 2016 when Trump won the election. I, I, I distinctly remember being up, you know, till the wee yeah. hours of the morning. You and I texting at yeah. 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. Watching watching, you know, these results come in and the. Uh, the futures markets, essentially, where where the the market would open up potentially the next day uh, for trading. I mean, they they were down six percent or five percent. It was it was a massive drop, essentially, that was happening overnight as these results were were being digested.
by the time daylight rolled around and the market was open for trading and the day finished, the market ended up positive over 1%. So just, it, it was completely unfathomable to me at that point where it was, you know, Trump was kind of the, the outsider at that time. It was, it, it, you couldn't even wrap your mind around him winning the election. And then when it, when it seemed like that was going to happen and the futures market essentially tanked, it really felt like, oh man, this is going to be big news. We're going to have to deal with this. And then 12 hours later, it essentially solved itself. Do you remember setting up camp in your office, both of us? Yeah. And we were communicating, we were going down yeah. the list trying to communicate to every client we could yeah. because we thought this was Armageddon that the markets, the bottom had completely fallen out. Hey, lessons learned by us too. You know, that was yeah. what now six, seven years ago, but yeah, it's, it's a good depiction of, the market just loathes uncertainty. And once it's mm -hmm. able to digest a, a variable that, yeah. you know, at, at that point felt known, it got itself right back to where it needed to, right? That pendulum yeah. should never swing too far. And if it does, that is not the time to react. Right. And th this election cycle is going to be no different. I've realized yeah. that it will be emotional for many people on many different fronts, but historically just getting on the other side of it's been good. Yeah. So on that note, I think, you know, the, there are more statistics, you know, in, in a midterm election year, the, the current party that is in, in the, you know, the, the presidential party essentially typically loses seats in the House and the Senate. Not typically, Again, like 90% oh, of, of the time. Oh, okay. yeah, like, a, like a lot, like <laughs> a, a lot, close, significant amount of time. So in, in, in our estimates then right now, if, if that holds true, and to your point with a very slim margin as it is right now, there's a really good shot that we end up with that form of split government where the Democratic Party may hold the presidency and then either the House or the Senate or both are controlled by Republicans. And then again, in the eyes of the market, that just means that, yeah, no, no big policy uh, introductions probably not any more major spending bills, probably no major tax changes, which for our purposes, I think that's, that's always on people's minds. It really does kind of set the, the rules of the game for the next couple of years at least. And, and historically speaking, a divided government has been what we've been under for 60 plus percent of the time. Looking at my notes here, this was a study that JP Morgan put together. Since World War II, 60% of the time we've been in some form of divided government. Wow. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, it's, it's what we've felt the most. Um, and the markets do typically like that. There's always outliers. There's always variables that can prove that right or wrong. But historically speaking, that is kind of a, a nice environment for companies and for stocks um, to be able to thrive. Yeah, and you and I are not here to, you know, shake a crystal ball and make some sort of prediction that we shouldn't be making. But if you take, let, let's stick to the theme, if you take kind of major policy change off the table as um, a likelihood in these mm -hmm. next two years, then what's the market going to go back to focusing on? It's going to be the Fed, which it's focused on all year. Yep. There's debates here that we could make on whether they're closer to the end of a, a rising rate cycle or somewhere in the middle. But yeah, market's going to be forward looking on that. And it's going to continue mm -hmm. to look at some of these companies and the numbers on on whether they can remain profitable. Mm -hmm. um, and in both cases, I'm being the optimist here today going, I hope then that the worst of it is over. Um, 
and this election cycle being one less thing to worry about, again, it's going to be it's going to be good, hopefully, for investors' psyche uh, to know that we've been in this period of uncertainty. But if we're moving out of that, hopefully, good things will happen. Patience yeah. will you'll be rewarded for continuing to be patient. Yes, yeah. So maybe I'll I'll pivot a little bit more towards the the uh, the personal side of how people can get themselves a little a little twisted in knots, just politically speaking. I mean, we know we know this country is very polarized when it comes to politics. Um, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it definitely feels like there are just the extremes right now. The political sure. ads really kind of drive that home. Um, but we've had, con I've had conversations with people that want to influence their decision-making process on their investments with how they feel about the politics or the current party in office or the party they think they're going to be in office, whatever that may look like. Um, and it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody to hear us say that that's not a good strategy to make your investment decisions around. That is kind of the basis. Um, there, is a, there was a study by uh, Pew Research Center. Again, this was published um, I guess, I guess it was a couple of years ago. I'd have to look at the notes, but the point being, you can see how it ebbs and flows over time for anybody who is Republican or leans Republican, you know, their feelings on the economy and on the markets are higher when there's a Republican holding the presidency and lower when there's a Democrat holding the presidency and vice versa. If you're Democrat and lean Democrat, it, it, it is flip-flopped all the way around. So that all makes logical sense, I guess, but for purposes of investing, the data doesn't back that up, right? The, the long-term results in the stock market are the long-term results for a reason, and they don't just magically get better because of how you feel about politics and who's in office at any given point in time. Yeah, and I know that we've, <laughs> we've said that, and it makes it, um, again, we're not trying to sound flippant. Um, it's, an, it's important for people to you know, have their belief system, their values are supposed to be something that drives financial planning. Um, but we've also said it before, what typically happens with investors when they get emotional is they make poor timing decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just statistically proven too. And we can share that data through a slide if we need to for compliance. But right, the, the average investor returns are much less than the indice returns. And the right. only way to, ex to explain that is it's behavior. It's investor yeah. behavior, not the investments themselves that, yeah. look, I don't, I don't feel good about the direction of this country. So I'm going to sell out of my investments. Okay. But then you may be missing that next upswing, which is always going to bear our fear when people say, all right, I need to scale back. I need to scale back. Yeah. You can't afford to miss when things turn around. And by the time you feel good or you feel better, you know, you're probably late to that situation. So, you know, we say that put politics in that camp, don't let your political affiliations drive the investment decisions. Yeah. Cause you'll probably burn yourself. Yeah. So on, on that note, I guess one, one last statistic that, that I'd like to bring up. So we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, midterm election years are typically very volatile years in the stock market. Um, the good news is that off of those lows, um, of those midterm election years. So I should say the year following a midterm election year, the S&P 500 has been higher every single time since 1950. Yeah, 18, 18 out of 18. 18, 
Yeah, 18 out of 18 years. I, I was going to say, should this time be any different? Maybe. Who it could knows? be. Right. But we also know where we're starting right now with, as a pretty low starting point compared to where we started the year. So even just in a relative uh, perspective, the odds of us having a, an up year next year are higher than they were when we started this year, just again, based off of past returns. Um, so again, not, not our crystal ball, not making a prediction, but history does show that the year after a midterm election year typically are positive years, I should say typically, 100% of the time since 1950, 18 out of 18 times, the market has been positive the following year. So do elections matter? Yes. However, from an investment standpoint, um, is there any statistically significant impact on market returns? No, other than to say, more often than not, just getting on the other side of it is good for returns. So yes. whether you're rooting for blue or red or somewhere in between, hopefully we all feel like winners a couple of weeks from now. Yep, stick, stick to your plan. Stick to your investment plan. It's it's very hard to be disciplined right now. I know we talked about that recently on a on our emotionally uh, driven podcast right now with investments, but yeah, stay the course, be disciplined. As long as that as long as that plan was the right plan for you, whenever a couple of years ago, a year ago, um, it should still fit. But maybe it's worth reviewing just to make sure if any adjustments do need to be made. But yes, I think oftentimes. Um, it is not the fun advice, but stay the course. Yep. Do, it, may, it may make sense to do nothing in the long run. Um, but yeah, po politics should be no different. And if you need to talk it out, let's talk it out. Yep. Well said. And go, and go Philly. Go Phils. See ya. All right. Thanks. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.